Chapter forty three of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swisshelm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Frontier Life. The culture which the pale faces introduced into that land of the Dakotas was sometimes curious. The first sermon I heard there was preached in Rockville, a town site on the Sock, twelve miles from its confluence with the Mississippi, in a storeroom of which the roof was not yet shingled. The only table in the town served as a pulpit, the red blankets from one wagon were converted into cushions for the front pews, which consisted of rough boards laid on trestles. There was only one hymn book, and after reading the hymn, the preacher tendered the book to any one who would lead the singing, but no one volunteered. My scruples about psalms seemed to vanish, so I went forward, took the book, lined out the hymn, and started a tune which was readily taken up and sung by all present. We were well satisfied with what the day brought us, as we rode home past those wonderful granite rocks which spring up out of the prairie looking like old hayricks in a meadow. There were people in our frontier town who would have graced any society, and with the elasticity of true culture adapted themselves to all circumstances. At my residence, which adjoined the Democrat office, I held fortnightly receptions, at which dancing was the amusement, and coffee and sandwiches the refreshments. At one of these I had the honor to entertain Governor Ramsey, Lieutenant Governor Donnelly, State Treasurer Schaefer, and a large delegation from St. Paul. But not having plates for seventy people, I substituted squares of white printing paper. When Governor Ramsey received his, he turned it over and said, what am i to do with this this is the ticket you are to vote was the answer in our social life there was often a weird mingling of civilization and barbarism upon one occasion a concert was given in which the audience were in full dress and all evening in the principal streets of st cloud a lot of chippewas played football with the heads of some sioux with whom they had been at war that day in those days brains and culture were found in shanties the leaders of progress did not shrink from association with the rude forces of savages and mother nature st cloud was the advance post of that march of civilization by which the northern pacific railroad has since sought to reach the saskatchewan a territory yet to be made into five wheat-growing states as large as illinois all the hudson bay goods from europe passed our doors in wagons or on sleds under the care of the burbanks the great mail carriers and express men of Minnesota, and once they brought a young lady who had come by express from Glasgow, Scotland, and had been placed under the charge of their agent at New York, and whom they handed over to the officer she had come to marry on the shores of Hudson Bay. But their teams usually came east with little freight, as the furs sent to Europe came down in carts, not one of which had so much iron as a nail in them and which came in long creaking trains drawn by oxen or indian ponies in each train there was generally one gorgeous equipage a cart painted blue with a canvas cover drawn by one large white ox in rawhide harness in this coach of state rode the lady of the train who was generally a half-breed on her way to do her shopping in st paul once the lady was a full-blooded indian and had her baby with her neatly dressed and strapped to a board a bandage across the forehead held the head in place 
and every portion of the body was as secure as board and bandages could make them except the arms from the elbow down but no danger of the little fellow sucking his thumb his lady mamma did not have to hold him for he was stood up in a corner like a cane or umbrella and seemed quite comfortable as well as content she had travelled seven weeks had come seventeen hundred miles to purchase some dresses and trinkets and would no doubt be a profitable customer to st paul merchants for the lady of the train was a person of wealth and authority always the wife of the commander-in-chief and her sentence of death might have been fatal to any man in it in these trains were always found indians filling positions as useful labourers for the english government never gave premiums for idleness and vagabondism among indians by feeding and clothing them without effort on their own part their dexterity in turning griddle cakes by shaking the pan and giving it a jerk which sent the cake up into the air and brought it down square into the pan other side up would have made biddy's head whirl to see the governor ramsay was the first steamboat which ran above the falls of st anthony and in the spring of fifty nine she was steamed and hawsered up the sauk rapids and ran two hundred miles until the falls of pokagamie offered insurmountable barriers to further progress it was thought impossible to get her down again there was no business for her and she lay useless until the next winter and some northup took out her machinery and drew it across on sleds to the red river of the north where it was built into the first steamboat which ever ran on that river before starting on his expedition mr northup came to the democrat office to leave an advertisement and asked me to appeal to the public for aid and provisions and feed to be furnished along the route he was in a buffalo suit from his ears to his feet and looked like a bale of furs on his head he wore a foxskin cap with the nose lying on the two paws of the animal just between his eyes the tail hanging down between his shoulders he was a brave strong man and carried out his project which to most people was wild nothing seemed more important than the cultivation of health for the people and to this i gave much earnest attention often expressed in the form of badinage there were so many young housekeepers that there was much need of teachers i tried to get the new england women to stop feeding their families on dough especially hot soda dough and to substitute well-baked bread as a steady article of diet in trying to wean them from cake i told of a time when chaos reigned on earth long before the days of the mastodons but even then new england women were up making cake and would certainly be found at that business when the last trump sounded but they bore with my crotchets very patiently and even seemed to enjoy them End of chapter forty three